listening to Let's Think On It, featuring Dr. Mark Westfall. Welcome to Let's Think On It. Now, Dr. Mark Westfall, I've got two co-thinkers, Jeff Thomas, Haley Ingram, and we've got a special guest, Natalie Davis, a political science professor at Birmingham Southern College. Welcome back again. Um, in the previous segment, we were talking about maybe that um, Jeff made the comment that Democrats may be more touchy-feely, Republicans may be a little bit more cognitive. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, we've talked about old, um, what's his name, Jonathan... Hate, H-A-I-D-T. Hate, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, and uh, his research showing that there that there is something to that that um, that part of our brain which is uh, emotional, which um, uh, focuses mostly on fairness and 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 harm, and those kinds of uh, values tends to uh, uh, lead one toward the democratic side. Yeah, those who look at loyalty and authority and uh, a couple other things which I've in my head right now. Sanctity, I think, is one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that may lead you in the direction of the Republicans. Republicans tend to have all of the values that he, the seven values that he uh, lifts up, uh, but but for Democrats, there are two or three that are just so much more important than the others, and uh, and so then uh, that that that's the the Democratic side. Yeah. So are y'all familiar with that? Uh, it's um. Questionnaire that you the righteous can go mind is, is the name of the book. Okay, yeah. so you can go online. It's an ongoing survey. Uh, the beauty of the internet is that for social sciences, mm-hmm. you can get all kind of people. Your numbers can be huge as far as number of people you can have fit, fill out a questionnaire, and it's theoretically random. Although people who you know are on computers are not random because people with less money don't have computers, but um, it's at least random of the people who are on computers, and you can take the test. Uh, and he's done it across many, many countries, and he keeps finding the same results. This is the guy that wrote The Righteous Mind? Yes, Don, Jonathan Hayes. Jonathan Hayes, yeah. H-A-I-D-T. Yeah, I've, I've seen that book. And so he's got a good TED Talk, too, on politics and group dynamics and, and whatnot. So it, it's essentially about how some of this innate, um, how you rank what you care about, can define whether you're liberal or Democrat. And everyone cares about these issues, right? I mean, it's not that no that right, cares. Right. It's how you rank them and how strongly you feel about them. And um, so, you know, Jeff, to some degree, you, your your intuition is right that, that Democrats may be more on the touchy-feely side of making decisions and, and Republicans may be more on the uh, following the rules side of making decisions. Yeah, um, so somebody once described the Democratic Party as the mommy party and... <laughs> And the Republican Party, the Daddy Party. <laughs> I like that. There's, and there's something I like to that. that a lot. I mean, if you if you watched uh, the Democratic par- uh, uh, convention this week so far, um, what were we hearing about? I mean, very emotional kinds yeah. of, of issues. Uh, you know, from uh, mothers of the movement to um, uh, 9/11 to um, uh, certainly. We had enough diversity. The only people who were missing were white guys, as far as right. I can tell. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, was it ISIS talk? Yeah. It, it, and and uh, I think we'll hear that tonight. I think okay. tonight it's more is going to be more foreign policy oriented. I don't know that, but yeah. I'm guessing it is. And uh, and certainly when the glass ceiling <laughs> broke last night, that's a very emotional moment for women. 
and girls. So. I mean, literally, you felt something. Oh yeah. I, mean, it, really? I felt something with that woman, uh, Manning, the one from 9/11, the one who was so severely burned. Did you see? I didn't see her. And uh, Hillary came to her bedside, and they developed a friendship over the years, and so on. I mean, you just you just melt when you look at that. Uh, uh, to me. Well, the glass ceiling, though, that's something that's been there a long time, you know, and that is that is real. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it, I mean it's. I'm, yeah. I'm saying for you guys, it's got to be you girls. It's yeah. got to be real. And, and yeah, and um, and then uh, even Bill, who meandered on forever, you know, uh, talking about her lining the 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 drawers of in the dormitory when they took Chelsea off to college. Of course, they came in a motorcade, and it was yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, her dormitory the, windows were were uh, bulletproof. I mean, minor things. But uh, you know, every mother, a, you know, every that would mother, be a very difficult life. Every mother so identified with that. You know, yeah. Uh, but last week, that that side of the picture wasn't there. The, the side of the picture that was there for the Republicans was much more um, straightforward. It Crooked was, Hillary. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah. I'm not even if you took the what some might call mean spiritedness out. There wasn't the kind of Care, caring. No softness. Are you uh, saying Trump didn't line the drawers of his kids when they went to college? No. <laughs> Trump's wives did. I doubt they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How does he know uh, the difference? You have to read the the piece, Jane Mayer's piece in uh, the New Yorker. That uh, yeah, was the New Yorker on the, uh, who really you know the co-author to the Art of the Deal. Is interviewed in this piece. And, um, I, all I can say is people should read it. It's 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 okay. unsettling <laughs> to say the least. And so, well, let's let's move into that. Uh, as far as we've got two candidates that have difficulty with their approval ratings mm. from their parties. I mean, honestly, and so I mean what. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Anybody? I mean, I, I, it's, I'm baffled by this whole, this particular election cycle process. I'm just, I'm baffled by it. Well, you have to start with one, people are bad anyway. So they're not going to like anyone. It's going to be very hard. Why are people so mad now? Well, because they've had a rough time. I mean, uh, since 2008, it's just been... Even even if the economy has improved, yeah. even if the, the the unemployment rate is down below five percent, uh, even if there are fourteen million new jobs or whatever it is, and we have health care, there's still a sense that this this government doesn't work for me. It works for somebody else. And it's like well, what we talked about last week. Since two thousand eight, mm -hmm. been in this economic unrest. Now we've got all so much terrorism. It's just all over the place, all over the world, and these are the times when big, flamboyant leaders are born because they people think that they can take over, and it's just yeah, I, you know, the strong man thing I think is there, but uh, but you're right. Uh, we we don't know if we, every time we go to the airport is is something going to happen. Um, but do you think that? So let's go back to say the previous rougher time. Uh, economically, the depression. Were people mad at their government 
for eight to ten years following the Depression? I mean, during the Depression? Oh no, I wasn't there. <laughs> well, I bet you might have some historical. I, I feel like that, it, that, you know, it's to me, it's somebody sitting here telling you that things are good when things aren't good for you, right? Are that, things that not makes good, you are things not good for you? They're fantastic for me. Haley, are things not good for you? They are just fine. Are things not good for They're you? They're great. <laughs> But you see, are y'all mad at the political? But we're in the one percent, though. I am not the working poor. But are you mad at the political process? I am. I get mad at I get mad at bureaucracy. Okay, so it's not just because things are bad for you. You're mad because I think there's something more. I think the political process, and I really love your thoughts on this, is getting more broken. It is. There, there are two two factors. One is economic inequality. We know. That the rich have, have, the rich have always gotten richer, but they have gotten richer in the same proportions as the poor. So there's always going to be a gap between rich and poor. But if you look at the data from uh, post World War II on, or say the early 50s on, you see that gap the same. It doesn't really change. But 1980, it starts to change, and it has changed and changed and changed so that the gap is much larger than it ever was and is now. Now, while that doesn't affect any of us, I gather, uh, we are, many of us are concerned about it. it. It isn't right. It's that issue of fairness. Right. So that's, that, that, that is one side of it. The other side of it is that we have now gotten to the point where um, the political process is, is so um, centered on the ability of these folks to get reelected. That's it. That they are not going to do anything to disturb that possibility. Or, or they're going to do something to enhance that possibility. Well, sure. Buying votes. So know. the issue is not a Democrat worried about being defeated by a Republican. It's a Democrat worried about being defeated by a, a Democrat who's more to the left. Or a Republican who's worried about some Tea Party person coming in. Uh, and beating him, him in a primary or her in a primary. And so where, where if you think of the uh, a bell curve, most of us are a little right of center and a little left of center. But what's happening is the people at the, at the far ends of the curve, at the tails, they're controlling the political process. And so for us, what the heck is in it for us? The people who go to these conventions, they're not average people. In terms of, of their political thinking, they have strong they're on the extreme, very uh, very Polarized. strong views about politics. They're not they're they're not normal. So let you me know? ask you this: right. You've been in politics for forty years. Yeah, I guess. Right? Who's counting? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that. To, I mean, you, oh yeah, yeah. You've been observing the process. I, I have not. I, mean, I have not been observing the process. Is in the details that you have. What has changed? about that in the last 40 years? Two things. Money, what it takes to get on television, and where you get it. And two, um, I lost number two. It's coming back here in a second. Let's stay on the money for a second. So how has that changed? uh, Well, it costs a fortune. And it didn't used to cost a fortune. Relative relative dollars. If you throw in what has happened with super PACs and all the rest, and interest group money, you know, you're kind of stuck as is that a politician. Because of, is that because of policy changes? 
Is that because of the media? What, what is driven? Well, that was up number the two. That's number two. Okay, <laughs> thank you. The media. We have. I, I think I've said this before in a previous time, and that is, uh, when. You know, in the fifties and sixties, and up until the early seventies, there were basically three stations. Right. CBS, NBC, ABC, and and NPR was around, and and uh, public television was around, but it really wasn't a big factor. Still isn't. You could you could you could watch any news program you wanted and got the same thing in the same order. It's just whether you preferred Cronkite over Huntley Brinkley over Howard K. Smith. Enter cable in the early 1970s, and then you see media proliferating. We are an information-rich society, um, but we're dumber than ever. And we cannot agree on the facts. Because our we, we tend to, and you know more about this than I do, screen in and screen out information that fits our comfort level. If you're a liberal Democrat, you may watch MSNBC. You are unlikely to watch Fox. I can tell you that I do this in almost every class the first day. I got a clicker system. Most of our students, the, the main news source for, for their family coming in is Fox News. A study that was done uh, right in, in 2004 asked people whether we ever found weapons of mass destruction. People who only, whose main source was uh, public television was about 4% or 7%. People who watched NBC, CBS, or, N or ABC uh, said it was um, anywhere from 15 to 20% thought Thought we did. We found okay. weapons of mass destruction. 42% of Fox viewers said we found weapons of mass destruction. We cannot agree on the facts. And if I don't really want to hear any of this stuff, I don't have to. I can watch Nick at Night or, you know, Andy EWTN or, <laughs> yeah, at least you might learn <laughs> or Australian football at 3 in the morning. Um, and, and, and so we can, what, what the old system, where we didn't get as much detail and get as much, any talk shows and all the rest, um, we pretty much developed a consensus. At some point, we knew that lynchings in the South was bad. And that, uh, uh, and we mourned the death of John Kennedy together, and we saw the space shot together, uh, landing on the moon together. All that's gone, and you add to that, if maybe this is what you were going to say, social media. That's what I was going to say. Um, I'm telepathic. <laughs> you millennial youth. Um, uh, uh, then, then it's all, all bets are off. But it's also, like, the algorithms in, like, say, Facebook, I'm going to see where most of my political leanings are... Are. Like, those are the type of articles that are going to be going yeah, through right. my feeds. That's all I'm going to be getting. But also, news stations and online news presences are having to fight against these other satiric sites that, that people don't read enough to know the mm -hmm. difference about. And so it's like a fight for validity. Like you said, like, we can't agree on anything. Mm -hmm. and, and what makes it even worse is that if I comment on something, and I'm in my pajamas at 3 in the morning... You could be setting yourself I, up for fire. No, no, but I could be very mean about it. Right. 
and that meanness and that uh, you know that the our political uh, what do they say our political discourses is uh, is is become so corrupted and so coarse that that uh, Democrats and Republicans can't talk to each other anymore mm -hmm. and so we don't and that's something I have a question about something that I've been thinking about um, do you think the by the two party system is running its course do you think it's ever gonna like change and we're gonna kind of try to morph into something that's less polarized or do you I know there's there's always going to be parties and committees and agencies mm -hmm. but like just Democrat Republican do you think it's going to stay this way well I think we'll know a little bit more about six months from now because the Republican Party is 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 is, is, is disintegrating as we've known it uh, it, it, this is just something no one's ever seen. We don't know. The two-party system has been with us. What We have a two-party system, but it has always been based upon a kind of consensus that we can talk to each other. We don't have a parliamentary system, but we're operating as if we did. So in Britain, if you have all the, if you've got a majority of seats in the House of Commons, you don't really care what the other side does, says. Mm -hmm. Because you win every vote every time, and uh, and that's what happens in our own house right now. But that's not the way we used to play. We always considered what the other side thought. We always tried to build bipartisanship. The problem is, the moderate Democrat and the moderate Republican is a is a is a is a, a dying species. They cannot get elected because of this craziness in, in our primary systems. Well, that's it. I mean, we're going to take a break here, but that's, I love the, the question and the response on that. I want to get a little bit more into that in just a second. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs>